podcast you're about to hear is an emergency podcast, a James Harden trade podcast. I feel like we've done this once or twice before, but this is podcast one of the day. There will be wrapping up as usual in the early afternoon with Nick Parodies going over week eight in the NFL, but we got to talk Harden because yet again, he does it again. He quit on a team and he gets his wish. So we talk everything James Harden, break the trade down to a fine powder with a new special guest. That's all I'll say. This is a great podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this one. It's the Grind Hours Podcast and it's coming in your ear. Telling you all of the news that you need to hear. Baseball talking, football talk, and NBA as well. Joe has got the highlights and it's just like show and tell. Joe and all his radio friends make sure the updates never end. Breaking news and analysis, tennis Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast for Tuesday, October 31st, 2023, Halloween Day, and what a way to start off Halloween Day by getting a Woj Bomb at 2 a.m. It feels like summer a little bit getting the Woj Bomb at 2 a.m. I was just getting home from work, just about to head up to bed, and the Woj Bomb goes off, the alert goes off on my phone, and my mind doesn't start racing, but the hamster starts getting going, and my first initial reaction was straight laughter. And the reason for that is because of James Harden now quitting on his third straight franchise, now being on four teams in a three-year span, and the fact that his tactics continue to work. He, he finds new tactics, but some of the old, where he just quits on the franchise he's playing for, it still works. You can still quit on a team in 2023. I don't know how he continues to keep doing it, but and it's not that he quits on a franchise and he gets sent to Indiana. He gets to go where he wants to go. He gets to go to the Clippers. He gets to essentially go home. And it's fascinating to me that this is how the NBA works, continues to work, even though Adam Silver is trying to just shove this part of player empowerment out the door. This isn't continuing to work. There are still franchises buying for... James Harden's services, thinking that they can fix him. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I laughed. I laughed a lot before I went to bed. So I, I guess that's a, a good sign of this trade. And I was also confused from a Philly perspective. Because Philly, yes, was there a negative chance that James Harden was going to play this year? Sure. But there was 
some optimism in some NBA circles that he was going to come back, increase his trade value some instead of just being a guy who is essentially out of shape and has to play his way back into shape, which he's going to have to do in L.A., and he didn't do that. He didn't play, and without Harden, they were kind of an an enigma. Tyrese Maxey, yes, he's played pretty well to start the season, but you never know with Embiid. You never know with the supporting cast around Embiid, and we haven't really seen that from Maxey until this point. We saw glimpses a couple of times last year, but this stretch, and I know it's just a handful of games, but Maxey's been playing pretty well. But I don't really, I don't want to get into who won the trade, who lost the trade. Time will definitely be able to tell us. And spoiler alert, I think it's going to be the Clippers. I, I, I think this is not going to work out for the Clippers. Because if you look at a potential five that they have of Harden, Westbrook, George, Kawhi, and Zubat. You could throw Man in there if you want to get really, really small, Tyree, uh, Terrence Man, but they don't really have any depth. They're starting five. If you want to put Westbrook in the five, all need the ball. They're not going to change the rules and add an extra basketball so Westbrook and Harden can be happy. This is now a third reunion of Westbrook and Harden. Are we sure that... That is a winning combination. Are we sure that Paul George, playoff P, can show up in the postseason? Are we sure Kawhi Leonard can lead a group of stars like this to a championship again? Are we sure he's going to have a co-star that is going to step up in order to help him get there? Are we sure this is not just going to blow up in a couple of months and Harden's going to quit on yet another team and force guys like Kawhi and Paul George to sit and essentially just light a bunch of money on fire? Because that's what this Clipper experiment has been, is Steve Ballmer just going into his wallet and lighting money on fire. I understand that, to a point, that the Clippers have to do this. But it's buyer beware. I am... The the clock has just started over again. We've just torn off the sheet of days since James Harden has requested a trade. It's a big old fat goose egg. We're just waiting for the leaf to turn and Harden to go back to his old ways. Sure, I, I have no doubt in my mind this is going to happen. First couple of games that Harden plays, it's going to be fantastic. There's going to be highlights galore. People are going to be saying, how is anybody going to be able to stop this team? And then it will blow up in a puff of smoke. Because that's what Harden experiments for super teams does. He, he, he is not a winning player. He won't be a winning player. Is he one of the greatest 75 players of all time? Yes, Is he one of the best players I've ever seen with a basketball in his hands? Yes. But he is a playoff choker, and that's something that's not going to change. If 
this does work to a point where they get to the playoffs, which I think they will get to the playoffs. What seed they will be in this just loaded Western Conference? No idea. But they will get to the playoffs, and Harden will show again why you shouldn't trade for him, why he is not a difference maker anymore, and why he just wanted to get home to be in a better life situation than being stuck in the cold in the winter in Philly. I'm almost seven minutes into this pod, and I haven't even given out the uh, details of the trade. Bad job out of me. Clippers get P.J. Tucker and James Harden. Philly, in return, gets Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, K.J. Martin, an unprotected 28-first, two additional second-rounders, a 20-29 pick swap, and an additional first in 26. It's a protected pick from Oklahoma City, which was previously, I believe, a pick swap, but the Clippers are sending Oklahoma City a 2027 first in order to clear that to send to Philadelphia. A lot of moving parts, a lot of picks. I have a sneaking suspicion, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that this is going to end up like the Kyrie trade from Brooklyn to Dallas and the Kevin Durant trade from Brooklyn to Phoenix. Because Philly... Philly essentially is restarting the process. Joel Embiid's going to be 30 this year. He is always hurt. He always plays himself into shape. Like Harden, he has not shown that he can be a playoff winning player. He is He hasn't got out of the second round yet. Joel Embiid. Tyrese Maxey, who I mentioned before, he hasn't shown that he could be a legitimate player in the regular season, much less in the postseason. Yes, Philly does get a lot of rotational guys that can play well in a system like Nick Nurse's. Robert Covington is going back to Philadelphia. Nicholas Batum is, when he's on, he's one of the best three-point shooters in basketball. Marcus Morris when he's healthy and when he wants to try, can be a decent corner three specialist. Add a little bit defensively. I don't know if that's there anymore, but maybe when he really wants to try on the postseason, Marcus Morris can play a little bit of defense. K.J. Martin, a guy who has a lot of upside, could potentially be you know, the fourth piece, third or fourth piece on a championship team. I just don't know what's in store for Embiid. I don't know if this is a situation where he sees yet another star pass him by and he just goes somewhere else. And he says, you know what? I'm done with Philly because I don't want to continue the process anymore. I want to win now. And again, Philly essentially with this trade is basically telling their fans, Wait, we're going to have a championship team contender someday, but wait, they, they kind of knocked the process back from, I would say it was at 90% complete last year to 30%, 35%. 
because every Clipper fan or every Sixer fan, excuse me, is rooting for the Clippers to lose. And these picks, when they come to fruition, Harden's most likely not going to be in LA anymore. Majority of these pieces that they got back from LA are not going to be there anymore either. So it, again, it's really starting the process. It's the process 2.0. Will this work for Embiid to kind of buy in and stay in Philly long-term and be a career sixer? We'll see. But at least it gives him a shot. It gives Daryl Morey a second lease on life. And hey, they basically turned Ben Simmons into this hall. So I guess that's a plus if you're Philadelphia. After the break, I will have a new guest on the podcast. One of my favorite people to work with. That's the tease. Talking Harden trade after the break. We'll be right back. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you with an opportunity to get started or even get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to maximize your profits, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit my page, signupexpert.com grind, you'll be able to get connected to all the sportsbooks in your area, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register using my link, you will automatically receive all the top offers at each one. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you always have the best access to all the available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of all these benefits and support the podcast, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash grind. Again, that's signupexpert.com slash grind. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR. That's G-R-I-N-D-H-O-U-R at checkout. Joining me now, uh, one of my best friends in the industry, one of the best people I know to talk basketball. This trade does implement him in, or impact him in some shape and form. I'm talking about my good friend, Ty Butler. You can hear him on 98.7. I don't even want to give him a time because you could probably hear him at any time of day at this point. Ty, thank you so much for jumping on at such short notice. You were the first person I texted last night when I saw the news pop up on Twitter. Ty, what's your first reaction to this trade? My initial reaction is that I'm watching you on Zoom right now with the Brooklyn uh, hat and smiling, which is, you know, uncharacteristic because your Nets, at least through the first two games, gave you nothing to smile about with how they played in crunch time, blowing back-to-back games to – Donovan Mitchell's Cavs and then Luka Doncic's Mavs and you you hate to lose to Kyrie Irving especially after what he had said before the game blaming the media for everything that had happened in Brooklyn but neither here nor there as far as that James Harden trade is concerned look I understand that when you look at this from a wide eye wide-eyed angle and a lens 
you see a player like James Harden traded and your immediate reaction is, wow, Daryl Morey got fleeced. But I would remind – here's what I would ask everyone listening to this podcast. What is your perception of James Harden? Like the basketball player – and it's all-encompassing. And I'm talking about the basketball player, the guy you know, on and off the court, character-wise. What do you view James Harden as? And after you, after you answer that question, then think about what his value should be. So for the Sixers – to get multiple first-round picks. They've got a pick swap. They've got a couple second-rounders and some rotational players. It gives them now the avenue to go out there with the assets they have to acquire a star either via free agency or via trade. I like it for them just because of, you know, there was nothing they could really do. Harden really handicapped them. Uh, and because of how he played this out, they really didn't have any leverage. And I understand what's going to be held against Daryl Morey is we're not trading him unless we get a star that keeps us in championship contention. The problem is how Harden has handled this situation really gave them no leverage. So I kind of like what they did uh, because it gives them some flexibility. But uh, it, it, it's a tough situation to be in for the Clippers, though. <laughs> it's so funny. On paper, this should work, man. Like you should be able to have a team with with Kawhi, Paul George, and James Harden contend for a championship. But I don't think anyone believes that. And it's because of what we've seen from Harden and how he's quit on three straight teams. He's an all-time playoff flopper. And also with Kawhi and Paul George, when the hell are they, are they ever gonna play? So I, I don't think it changes much as far as their championship contention. It's a hilarious trade because you look at the Clippers, man. They gotta go all in. Because of where they, they are, in their, their, they have to look. This is the final. It, it could, in theory, be the final year of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because it's a contract season, and Bombers opening up a brand new arena next year. Could you imagine like the egg on his face if you've got to march out a roster of you know Terrence Mann, Russell Westbrook, and a bunch of guys, and you know you're faced with the reality that not long, no, you know, not only that you're no longer a championship contender, but you, you're opening an arena with no stars to bring people to attract them to, you know, this yeah, there'll, be, there'll be stars. They'll just be in street clothes. So they're all in, and I understand like desperate times call for desperate measures. But it's amazing that you could you could trade for a former league MVP, a seven-time All-NBA guy, a 10-time All-Star, one of the 40 greatest players in NBA history, and not not a lot of people actually think that this made you more of a contender. So it kind of shows you where Harden is, like, in the pantheon of just, like, great players playing right now in the NBA. What also says, like, what version of Harden are we going to get? Because are we going to get the assist leader? Harden from last year that helped Embiid win MVP? Or are we going to get facilitator Harden that can still score but also likes passing the ball that we saw in Brooklyn? Or are we getting Houston, I want to just go for scoring MVP type Harden? Because there's only one basketball. They're not changing the rules. In theory, you could have a lineup of Westbrook, Harden, George, and Kawhi. Someone's not scoring on that group and they all need the ball to be successful also to your point the only person on that team that has had playoff success is Kawhi Leonard and I don't know if he can by himself do what he did in Toronto 
in LA with this group. I what but think about what you just said. Like right. it's 2023, and we have to go back four years ago to find the last time Kawhi had a long playoff run where he obviously won that city a championship. It's historic. And they maybe should retire his jersey, even though he was there for like three months. But uh, the biggest question to me isn't how do you share the basketball? It's are these guys going to play? Paul George is excellent on both ends, can be, I think, the second best player on a championship team. He never plays. Kawhi, I know for a fact, can be the best player on a championship team. He never plays. Russell Westbrook wants to play. But he hijacks possessions and at times, many times, is a liability on defense. And you figure out, like you try to figure out, is he worse on the offensive end or the defensive end? And then James Harden is an all-time playoff choker who once again has quit on three straight teams. So, look, Ty Lue's a championship coach. He's got a lot of cachet and still, I think, is one of the best coaches in the, in the NBA. But having to manage and navigate this situation... Man, I, I'm curious to see it. And this is not even Laker bias. This is like ask anyone who pays attention to the right. NBA do they think this is going to work. No one thinks it's going to work. And I and look, I, w- I actually want to pull up the ch- – I don't know if you have the championship odds uh, available to you. I'm going to go on FanDuel right now just to see, like, if, if it has changed. But I would imagine it hasn't really altered all that much. I, don't, I think the last amazing. that I looked at it, the Clippers were now plus 1,300 to win the finals they started at like 2500 yeah so, plus 1300 so they're still behind boston milwaukee denver and phoenix they got them third in the western conference despite having two mvps in westbrook and harden a finals mvp and, and Kawhi, who's actually won the finals mvp twice two different franchises and paul george who we've seen like carry you know a pacers team to the eastern conference finals the abundance of talent they had like individual talent obviously past where they were in their prime it, it like for them to still be fifth as far as the odds are concerned i think is very telling one last quick thing on la before we get to just a conversation with philly real quick how do you feel this playing out because if it does in theory if it does work like we all think it potentially could on paper this team still depth wise they traded away their depth this is a kevin durant trade to phoenix this is a carmelo trade to the knicks they don't have anybody left and even come that minimum buyout time who's coming to this roster that's actually being a difference maker that'll beat a Jokic that'll beat a Phoenix that'll beat hell even your Lakers like I mean look so they get into the first round with the West this year so they still I mean so they got PJ Tucker in the deal and we know it was important for them to keep uh Terrence Mann they still have like Mason Plumlee so I like the depth I think sometimes gets overrated because when you actually see playoff basketball you're going seven eight guys deep like the Nuggets 
I don't think the Nuggets were just overwhelmed with depth. They had the best starting five in basketball. And then they had guys like, you know, Jeff Green. They had Christian Brown, uh, the youngster coming off the bench. So they were able to supplement it with just pieces, which I think you can get away with as long as your top end of the roster talent is superior, which on paper the Clippers should have. But I, I think it's a matter of fit, as you mentioned, like, like, what does this offense look like? People in the past have criticized the Clippers for not having that playmaker. And, you know, Russell Westbrook is a prototypical – he's not your prototypical point guard. He's athletic. He's score-first guy, not really a distributor. Uh, Kawhi is actually an underrated playmaker. I think Paul George can be a playmaker. But James Harden, obviously, is the best point guard on this team. So, again, in theory, man, it should work. It just won't work because history tells us that this thing is not going to happen, whether it be health, whether it be like effort, whether it be buy in. If you can measure that, it's just not going to work. It's going to blow up in their faces. I don't think this is going to be Tyloo's fault. He had to deal with LeBron in his last year in Cleveland before he left for L.A. So I don't think in terms of managing people, I think Tyloo is up for the task. I think his hair will get significantly more gray this year but I think he can handle this in terms of Philly though, they go from a potential top three team to what essentially? Well, you say potential top three team. Hardy was never going to play for them. So I still think that there was hope. Got, there was a little no, bit of hope. There was, go, there was no hope. After Harden went to China and had the Daryl Morey as a liar speech, he was never going to play for the Sixers again. Like that, that was all but solidified once that happened. And he publicly embarrassed a GM who twice traded for him, even though we know Harden's playoff shortcomings are, you know, well documented. So, what that relationship fracturing publicly between two guys who had been close for so many years told us he was never going to be a sixer again. So if we're comparing it to last year where they were, quote, unquote, a championship contender, then obviously there is a bit of a deviation from where they were. But as far as this season is concerned, I mean, it's predicated on obviously Embiid's health, but also the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, who so far has been awesome for the Sixers. Uh, they just waved Danny Green. Kelly Oubre in, in the first game of the season against the Bucks, you know, came off the bench and dropped 27. So they're going to be heavily dependent upon guys around Maxey and Embiid uh, to, to show that they were worth having around. And then they got like uh, Nicholas Batum, who's a nice stretch wing. They've got uh, Marcus Morris, who can hit some threes, though he's like well past, you know, the prime of his career. So, I mean, they've got some pieces. Uh, Robert Covington's in this deal as well. KJ Martin, who maybe might be the best player uh, as far as this package is concerned. I think the most important thing is, like, in the short term, they can still be a really good team if Embiid and Maxi hit their apex. They're obviously not going to win a championship. But the quote-unquote long-term play is the flexibility of guys on on expiring contracts, the fact that they are going to enter summer with 50 to $60 million of uh, cap space. You can try to convince Embiid that, yes, we can still field a championship contender uh, in Philadelphia because that's the only thing that really matters. Like it, right. Winning a championship would be fantastic, of course, but Daryl Morey's number one concern has to be how do I not lose Joel Embiid? 
a Joel Embiid who's seen Ben Simmons get traded and now James Harden get traded. Not only that, he's seen Jimmy Butler get traded as well. Yeah. Or leave. Or leave in free agency. Yeah, leave yeah, in free, free agency. But to trade for him and then let him walk just a couple of months later. Is there a world where Embiid also asks out? And, you know, come January, they're just a lottery team? Yeah, so I don't think that Dow is going to trade them in season. But just because you have next summer – the as I just said, the ability to um have fifty to sixty million dollars in cash space, and you have to, you have to at least go into the summer with that being on the table and try to appeal to Joel Embiid and say, listen, this is what the plan is. This is what we're gonna try to do. We'll see how it goes, and if you know, come next season during the year you're unhappy, we can figure it out. But I do think. Maury is going to try to see this year through and have one last like full year uh to to audition I guess would be the best word uh for Joel Embiid services he, like it's weird because it's audition but you have him on your team but you know what I mean like yeah. just show him like this is what we can do let's see it out Maxi has been fantastic I don't think he's going to be the second best player on the championship team. But if you go get that other guy, because look, we still don't know that Joel Embiid could be the best player on the championship team. Like he's right. the only MVP in NBA history who's never gotten past round two. And the Sixers haven't gotten past round two since that 2001 season with Allen Iverson, where they unfortunately lost to uh, uh, my Los Angeles Lakers. But I think Embiid's got to show some patience. The problem is, like, how old is Joel? Is he 29 now? He's going to be 30 this year. Yeah, he's turning he's 30, be 30 this year. He's coming off of an MVP season. He's got an injury history. Like, we know he's not going to age well. So uh, the clock is ticking on his prime championship window. So that has to be at the forefront of his mind because he knows, like, you look around the league, with Giannis, with Jokic, like your contemporaries winning championships and how much it, me- it meant to their legacies. If you're not even getting to the NBA Finals or the Conference Finals, you're going to find yourself in a Dame Literature situation, and that's not going to age well for your legacy. Hi, thank you so much, man, for coming on. We'll do this again soon, I'm sure. Uh, best of luck to your Lakers, unless they play my Brooklyn Nets. You be good, all right, bro? Yeah, because that's worked out poorly for the Lakers in the past, going up against your Brooklyn Nets. But yes, man, all all the best to you. Appreciate you having me on the show, and we'll do it again sometime soon. On this side of the coin, at the fake J Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com, and of course this podcast. If you've reached this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you see fit. If you're on Apple, please give us a review. Huge thanks to Ty Butler for coming on. He was fantastic. Again, you can hear him on the ESPN airwaves. Basically, at any time of the day, again, he, he is one of the best in the business, and he will be in your... If this is the first you're hearing of Ty Butler, he will be in your lives a lot, especially in the New York area, coming up soon, just because of how talented of a broadcaster he is. So again, huge thanks to Ty for hopping on for a quick minute and discussing perhaps... Maybe the most polarizing star in the NBA right now? Who knows? Maybe we could put that up on a poll on Twitter. Speaking of that, not the fake Jay Leo on Twitter. Joe Leo 67 on threads. In terms of articles, still working on a Yankee piece. 
and how it relates to not only the World Series, but the playoffs as a whole, and how they could potentially move forward and get out of this championship rut that they are in. Coming up in a couple of hours, we'll be wrapping up of week eight in the NFL. Stay tuned for that. And until then, it is closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.